Welcome to the Coding Onions Podcast with Bobby Shaw and Miles Gift. On today's episode, we speak with Brian Jackson. Brian is the founder of Mighty Missouri Coffee Company, located in Bismarck, North Dakota. Mighty Missouri Coffee Company is a coffee roasting company, a storefront coffee shop, and a wholesale distributor. Brian also created Barista Party, which is a company that provides everything coffee shops need to succeed in their business and in their communities. This was a really fun conversation, and I've known Brian for a couple of years, and we connected, and we share similar values, and he's just got an incredible story around the organization that he's built with Mighty Missouri. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. I know Miles and I certainly did. So take a listen, let us know what you think, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Cutting Onions podcast. So excited today for me and Miles to have a conversation with a real guest other than talking to ourselves. So we're so excited to have Brian Jackson on the podcast this morning. Uh, Brian is the founder of Mighty Missouri Coffee Company, and I've known Brian for a few years now, and I've really enjoyed watching uh, his journey and and everything that he's been working on up there. And he's got an incredible organization and just really... uh, I'm glad he's on the podcast. So, Brian, welcome. Thanks for having me. And Miles, good morning. Good morning. So, uh, you know, I think a good way to start kind of maybe is for you, Brian, just to give us kind of kind of your history and kind of how you got here right now. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, I started roasting coffee in 2012. And the idea for me was um, I was in marketing. I was involved in um, communications and my passion was to, you know, on the side, uh, build a brand and, uh, get something that, um, just kind of a side hustle and exercise those creative muscles started roasting coffee actually in 2012. So I was involved in, uh, marketing and communications and, uh, kind of on the side, I wanted to, uh, build something kind of exercise those creative muscles. And the more I looked into coffee, uh, the more, that was interesting to me and uh, kind of filled in some blanks for me. So I started uh, creating a brand and uh, Mighty Missouri Coffee Company. The Missouri River runs right through Bismarck Mandan, right where we are. And uh, we're a bunch of river rats here, spending time on the sandbars all summer long. And I grew up on a, a reservoir just north of here. And just I wanted it to be reflective of, of uh, the area that I'm at and that I'm proud of. But I also wanted it to, to be something that could scale, you know. And um, the Missouri River goes away. So I figured that was a good start. Um, And so I just started producing coffee, getting into wholesale, and uh, then started the restaurant side, the coffee shop side in 2016. And since have grown that um, after COVID, we uh, kind of pivoted to some other areas in uh, wholesaling to a lot of coffee shops. So we provide training, um, espresso machine, maintenance and sale, and all of the uh, types of things that coffee shops need. So we've kind of uh, cultivated a community here of, of regional coffee shops for um, as far as, you know, training and leadership and all of the above. Um, and, and it's kind of grown uh, a bit uh, since then. So, and since we've talked last, we started actually um, at a kind of, kind of uh, followed um, the footsteps of some really great uh, spaces in Minneapolis and so we started uh, small at a bike shop, opened a second location at the, uh, it's actually right. the Bismarck YMCA here. That's right. Um, so if you're that. talking about foot traffic in Bismarck, North Dakota in January, uh, it's non-existent. Like that does not matter. But <laughs> we've got a lot of people coming through the doors inside. And so we're able to actually kind of find that traffic. And you have to be a little creative. But through that, we've been able to um, really uh, do a lot because of the the unique people that are coming through and their unique stories. So So a little earlier today in the conversation we were talking about, you know, previous to this, you were actually doing marketing. So can you kind of like tell us the kind of journey from what you were doing in marketing to how in the world you got to what you're doing now? Absolutely. So... um, graduated with a degree in communications, interested in video and everything like that, and became kind of the marketing department for a, uh, a, 
a large company that did uh, high-end surveying kinds of things, GIS technologies. And uh, it's not exactly something that um, a creative like me gets passionate about, but it's a smart, like it's a smart thing to do. You know, it's like a good, a, a, a good business to be in, but it still was something that um, I was interested more in. Um, I mean, marketing is just, it's kind of guilt by association. So um, you kind of create a, you have a brand and you just try to tie that brand with something. Um, so for example, with music, uh, you and I have a connection with music, I know, but uh, my most favorite uh, song is not the most musically interesting song in the world. Um, it ends up being like that pop song that was on the radio with that one person when I was doing that one thing. And I think that's true across the board for all of marketing, any product, but coffee is a, an extremely sensory experience. And so uh, with that, then um, you've got the, the, you grind the coffee and you smell that aroma, you start brewing it, you have the wet aroma, and then you uh, actually taste the coffee. So there's a lot of opportunities to tie an experience with a, uh, with a brand. Um, and so coffee became just extremely interesting to me in that sense. But 2012, I mean, we have a lot of new coffee roasters coming in. Um, I certainly wasn't the first person who decided to roast coffee in the world. And since 2012, I mean, it has exploded. So there's a wow. lot of people doing the same thing. And, and it's really coffee like pairing with something. So it's not a new idea, but it's like coffee paired with plants or coffee paired with uh, guns or whatever it is, you know, and people are finding their little niche. And uh, so with, with us, it's always been about adventure, you know, really getting that experience. I've never heard anyone describe coffee like you just did. Uh, and, and I'm not sure if I should be telling you this or not. I don't drink coffee. Like I want to, but, but like, I just have never had a taste for it. I've just never had a taste for it, but to hear you describe it the way you did, Brian makes me want to try it. Like it makes yeah. me want to try coffee. Like I love that. <laughs> yes. And, and yeah. so let me even say, you know, coffee for, for a lot of people, and it's totally cool. If you don't like coffee, do you like the smell of coffee, Bobby? I love the smell of coffee. Yeah. That's, that, that's funny. I mean, that's, that's how most people are, but, okay. um, yeah, but I mean, coffee is, is um, especially lately, it's kind of gotten into like wine and stuff. Um, it, and, it, and it kind of follows like craft breweries, right? So, um, so there's a, a specialty coffee, which is like coffee's rated. Um, you know, the, they call it this, the, the third wave of coffee, what I'm doing. Um, if you think of like the first wave of coffee being, you know, your Maxwell's house, your Folgers, kind of that mass produced coffee that's been in everyone's kitchen since you know for the last century and then you have the second wave of coffee which really starbucks brought on um, and starbucks to me is not the competition starbucks created this whole market space so um without without starbucks like we couldn't ask customers to go a step further you know 30 years ago if you told someone you were drinking a cappuccino that's a little unusual you know maybe even a little kind of uh, hoity-toity or something, but now it's just an expectation. So they've created something. And now what we're asking is in this third wave of coffee is for another step in, um, that tends to be, uh, it, it kind of parallels the wine industry. So, um, it, it has to do with origin. It has to do with farmer. It has to do with the varietals. And so we're actually doing coffee cuppings and tasting the coffee for the exact kinds of things um, flavor profiles that you can get out of there. So it used to be that you'd order a light medium or a dark roast. And we kind of stay away from that as much as we can because coffee is like a great cut of meat. If you think about it, if you have a really great cut of meat um, and you grill that, you could, you could grill the heck out of it and char it and, and it tastes like every other steak. But you could also exemplify those flavors that are naturally in the meat. And we're trying to do that typically through a lighter roast. So it's not that every coffee is a great coffee, but every coffee has the inherent flavors possible. And we're trying to bring that out. And so that's, that's what happens when we're importing coffee and when we're selecting coffee. And that's really what the third wave uh, realm is all about. 
I love that. Now I want to have coffee and I want to eat a steak. So thanks for that, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely. really appreciate that. No, I'm sure there's no. a sample in the mail. That's right. That's right. No, that is really fascinating. Um, so gosh, I have so many questions for you. I'm going to turn it over to Miles here. I, I, I think yeah. he's got some questions. So yeah. Brian, I'm really interested in, in kind of, you know, your, your first steps into getting into the business. You, you know, you had this job, you were in marketing, probably financially, you know, secure and growing, and you decided to take this leap. And there's probably a lot of people out there, especially now as people are, are changing industries and, and moving around that are thinking, hey, this is the time for me. Um, just curious as maybe some of the process or some yeah. of the, the, the struggles that you went through. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the question. So um, to me, like I said, it was out of a necessity of who I was to create something. And I think that's what creating, you know, what entrepreneurism is. It's, um, it's an act of creating. Um, but I, I starting a, a food manufacturing um, company is a, a way heavier lift than I had anticipated. So um, when I was learning about this originally, it was, uh, like I said, it was going to be like kind of a side hustle and maybe some other producer can create this. I'll brand it and we'll just put it out there online. But um, the more, you know, putting together business plan and um, there, there's really not room for another middleman in coffee so it, it became like let's we, we're gonna have to be the um the on the production level and so um when that when, when when i started that it was kind of in the middle of this big oil boom we had in north dakota and so there's a lot of attention in north dakota and um there's tons of construction going on so there was like for me to even find a space was really difficult to to roast and um the roaster that i had, had the same kind of questions that new coffee brewers breweries have which is your capacity because that's you kind of set that it's really expensive to upgrade but you don't want to go too low and not be able to produce enough coffee or enough enough beer so that's the same with with the roasting capacity so um when i began i mean that's like that's like it's, instead of buying a house um, buying a coffee roaster and finding some place to put it, you know, and that, that's, that's yeah. the investment. Right. Um, and so getting started, uh, big loan from my parents, big loan from the bank and putting, putting it out there and then realizing, Hey, um, this is completely grassroots. I don't have a marketing budget. Um, I don't have, you know, I'm in my twenties. I was in my twenties and I was like, didn't have those responsibilities. So for me, then looking back is an opportune time, but knowing what I know now, would I have done it never in a million years, you know, it was a completely like it, it shouldn't have worked. Um, but at, at the time, like I, I took this jump off of the precipice into entrepreneurism and, uh, and then I panicked because I was buried. <laughs> and so I needed to make money and out of that desperation and, and, uh, just good fortune, um, kind of found my way uh, out over the last decade. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, a lot of the, the numbers are out there, the, the statistics of how many businesses that are new fail. When you, when you got to that point and you, you felt the panic, uh, can you point to a couple of things that maybe you felt um, helped sustain you, take you in a good direction? Like, what did you do to, you know, kind of make that happen do you think yeah um i think be because of the time and place that i was in north dakota um a decade ago um there's just a lot of money in north dakota and so all of this energy and um and there's a there's a huge support for local and so people wanted that um when i began um it's it's kind of kind of crazy but um Got got a quick quick second for a quick story. Of course, <laughs> we're all about um, stories here. Yeah, so um, I had built this business plan, and we don't have like a Whole Foods or anything like that here in North Dakota, anywhere in the state. I mean, so so we're like kind of a couple steps back from the the normal routes that a uh, coffee roaster might take. What we did have, we had a local chain of grocery stores, kind of a typical grocery store, um, but that would have been my like you know outlet if I can get. Um, people to go after mighty Missouri. And that um, I, 
I, I would always have this, this wholesale side, but in wholesale uh, for a coffee shop, it's going to be a private label situation. And my goal was for people to seek out mighty Missouri coffee. So I needed that outlet that people could go to. So when I'm even building this business plan, I called the buyer there and they're like, yeah, that sounds like something interesting that we'd be, we'd like to do. And, you know, enough for me to kind of check the box, like, okay, they've got eight locations, whatever we can do that. And um, I had then got this big roaster in and um, on a basically a big elephant crate and no manual and uh, exhaust system that was overwhelming and I didn't know what I was doing. And it took uh, several months to be able to actually get that product um, for the 12 ounce bags. And that's not the only thing that I did, but the retail bags, um, which was a big part of my desire to do this. And then I finally had that product and I called the same guy back. We'd been in touch, but I called him back and, and uh, he said, well, you know, coffee, coffee shelf is pretty tight. We don't really have room for another brand. And, um, and I'm like, oh man, can I, can I at least, can I drop this coffee off at your office, you know, get it in your hands. And he's like, you know, we're just going to pass on a meeting. And so it's like, you know, that first kind of uh, the, the really big, exciting thing. And, uh, and, and that just utterly failed. So you immediately have these gut punches of this is not going to be as easy as I thought. And I knew it wasn't going to be easy, but it really wasn't going to be easy. Um, at the same time, Matthew West, if you've heard of him, a Christian artist, Grammy award-winning guy, he's, yep. he's playing a show in Bismarck, North Dakota. And, and a friend of mine asked me to volunteer. So I did that day and wore my brand new Mighty Missouri t-shirt. And I was just like a runner for the day. And um, he came in and thanked everyone for helping. And he's like, hey, Mighty Missouri Coffee, what's this? Uh, and I explained it was my thing. And he's like, oh, great. Is it your passion? And I'm like, yeah, it is. And so he's like, well, you're starting off with an awesome T-shirt. I want one. So I'm like, the, the shirt that I was wearing was like the one that, um, like the sample one, you know, to see if I want to order more from a local place. Yeah. So I called uh, called that company and, and uh I guessed his size and I raced down there and got him a shirt and I, I brought it back to the tour manager. I'm like, I think, I think Matthew wants this, you know? So he took it. I'm and then that night to a sold out show, I could see underneath he's wearing this, uh, he's wearing a uh, leather jacket, but I could see underneath it. It's mighty Missouri coffee. You know, and I was just kind of freaking out with my friends. Like that was a really sweet thing for him to do. Um, but then he takes his jacket off in the middle of the show and he's like, you know, guys, my favorite coffee company is Mighty Missouri Coffee, no and no it's coming way. here to Bismarck. My friend's opening it, and I can't wait. You know, so I literally, I talked to Matthew West for 20 seconds. I mean, I could not have talked to him for longer than that. And on stage, it was probably two full minutes of pumping this coffee company wow. up. And then one time later, I think he forgot the lyrics or something. He's like, man, I need to get more Mighty Missouri coffee. You know, it's just like, it was the nicest thing, but it, it was uh, sponsored by someone, but it, it, you would have thought it was sponsored by Mighty Missouri, right? So at the time then people, I had this huge influx of people legitimately interested, like, where can we find this coffee? And at the time, like at that stage, there was no outlet yet for people to go buy Mighty Missouri coffee. So I told them to ask that grocery store chain. Cause I knew in grocery stores, you know, if you want something, people will try to get it, you know? So yeah, exactly. uh, a week later, the same guy called me and he said, <laughs> Hey, I, I heard you're starting some coffee. We are really interested. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, oh do you know gosh. who? I, like we just talked. This was and, the same uh, guy that didn't take the meeting, right? It's the same guy. Yep. Uh, a week or two later. And, uh, and so, so, uh, so they ended up buying, um, not only one skew, they what, what I was gaming for, they bought all SKUs um, and, and I got in, an entire row in every grocery store um, in that chain, which also opened it up because I'd be in their system to Cub Foods and uh, CashWise and other things, uh, regional stores up here. So um, that kind of propelled it. Then we got distribution and it just really kind of proliferated from there. But I mean, to answer your question, like, there's been so many, I mean, and, and as you guys know, the hills and valleys of entrepreneurism, it's kind of like the life of a manic depressive. And one day you're on the top of the mountain <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, you're like, I'm tanked. This is it. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> and so, I mean, it, it, I, I started on that, like, it's just been a, a, an extreme ride, but 
Um, it's, it's laughable now because like, if I look back at my business plan, which that original one, I don't very often <laughs> because it's laughable and, and things have changed so much. Um, but that is like kind of the epitome of what starting a business is all about. I mean, that, that wild ride. Well, I think you, I think you hit on it with, um, finding something that you're passionate about and it will, you'll stick in it and you'll find those little opportunities to, you know, make a t-shirt, wear it, talk to somebody about it. And it becomes, it becomes your life and not something that you're doing. And I think, I think that's a, you hit on a really great point with, with, you know, how do you make something succeed when, you know, you're going to wake up every day and you're going to go through the, Hey, it's great. Hey, it's terrible. 16 times today. But if you're passionate about what you're doing, I think that's a difference maker. Yeah. Because I mean, there, there are so many times, especially early on, like you said, I mean, so many businesses fail. I think in the first five years, it's like, it's like close to hundred percent, you know, it's like really nuts. Um, and, uh, there's that passion side and, and there was also the necessity side. I mean, I was hungry. Um, so if anyone's going to make this thing work, it's going to be me. <laughs> and so when we opened that space just in, in 2016 for uh, our, our first coffee shop, I mean, we were going to make it the most, the, the coolest, the, the best. And if anyone's going to make this space work, it's going to be us kind of thing. And that stair-stepped us into the next opportunity and the next. So now we've got a really nice thing going here, but we're still diversifying, still finding new ways. And um, we've kind of been able to cultivate a cool community of all of these coffee shop owners because starting a coffee shop is kind of the fun part. And, and in fact, I might even say that co- starting a coffee shop is easy. It's continuing a coffee shop. That's really the yeah. difficult step, the difficult piece. And so we've created, um, along with other coffee shops here, the Bismarck Barista Guild, and we're getting people together for latte art competitions, any questions that people have, any, any kinds of training and things like that. So that's really where we've pivoted, especially after COVID. And, uh, and that's been, I think, the, the real key difference maker. So it sounds like you're building a community around your community, which I think is amazing. And yeah, and, and I also think for any entrepreneur, for anyone who's operating a business or anyone who might be thinking about operating a business, you have to have kind of that true north that's really guiding you. And, and, and you know, when I hear your story and I hear you moving from a side hustle to now to this full-fledged uh, multi-armed business, you know, which is an incredible story. And I'd not heard the story about the t-shirt with Matthew West. That's amazing. But <laughs> yeah. you've, you've got to have these core values that really drive you. And, and, you know, you mentioned the word cultivate and, and I know culture is a, is a big thing for you. So can you kind of, kind of walk us through your mission and kind of walk us through how you make sure you keep this on the rails? Because, you know, what can happen, like when we do go through this, and it's really funny, we're having this uh, off podcast conversation earlier, me and Miles about the struggles of being an entrepreneur, right? Um, It's not for everyone. But when you experience a little bit of success, you know, that can sometimes be just as hard as not having the success that you want, right? Because you you go from not being successful and not having really anything to all of a sudden you have something. And so you right. have to have something to be able to guide you. So can you kind of walk us through that journey? Yeah. And, and honestly, Bobby, it's been a bit of a moving target as we've evolved because day one doesn't look like, you know, year 10, which is where, where I'm at. Um, but the, the main things um, we have, we have a few um, kind of guiding principles but um, the, 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 first of all, I'll, I'll tell you our company mission I'll, I'll, and I'll explain that, but our company mission is Mighty Missouri Coffee Company produces incredible coffee and cultivates positive, life-affirming customer experiences to fuel your incredible adventure. And so, like I kind of talked about, um, marketing is just connecting in my mind, is tying a, an experience. Um, well, we're a little bit um, limited in different arms of the business as far as how we can cultivate that experience. But in a coffee shop, um, that experience is absolutely uh, comes down to handing that coffee off. Um, So 
our, our main location is at the Bismarck YMCA, which is uh, like we have our own space, our own, you know, we're not necessarily inside the YMCA, but we get all of that traffic, which is really incredible. But the, the thing about like the YMCA that's interesting is that there's a lot of incredible programming um, going on there that we don't necessarily know everyone's story. And so they have, you know, the live strong cancer kinds of, of, of programs. And um, we, we might be the first person that someone sees in a day and we're able to kind of set that um, experience with them. It's, even if it's a smile, if it's a conversation, whatever, but um, I know, and I believe that there's a lot of power in that interaction. And then on the other arms of the business, um, we're able to um, cultivate that customer experience through other things. And, and for the, um, uh, retail bags, frankly, it comes down to our packaging. And so everything is very intentional with the packaging. And it says another day, another adventure on every bag. And uh, what's your adventure? And really, it's to start uh, a conversation with the customers, which is um, both uh, very exciting. I'm very passionate about it, but it is also um, a big challenge. And so with every arm of the business, we're trying to look at, at that. But of course, first, it, it comes down to producing an incredible coffee uh, an incredible product. And that's something that we're just um, not going to uh, pivot from at all. It's all about the, 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 the good product first and foremost. Well, I think you, you nailed it a while ago when you said uh, your targets are always moving or have been moving. And I'll, I'll tell you, they will move for the rest of your career. Um, yeah. You know, if, and if not, if you've got the same targets today as 10 years ago, you'd probably be concerned. So uh, that's the great thing about what you're doing is is that excitement of of bigger and better and different. And for me, definitely what gets me out of bed every morning is it's is what are we doing today and how are we growing? And you know last last quarter, our sales targets were this, and now they're this, and our focus was that. and now it's something different. And yeah, and for us, we we started well, what's it, our wholesale side became baristaparty.com. And baristaparty.com has really taken off and that's, that's specifically targeted toward coffee shop owners. And we're selling uh, all these like glass bottles of syrup we're shipping. And I mean, that was never, that was never even a, a dream in my mind, a thought on the radar. And, uh, and that that's kind of become a big piece of, of what we are and a big driver of the communication that we have with our customers. I mean, that's incredible. I love that. I mean, I, oh, no, I'm sorry, Miles, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say for us out here, you know, we've got we've got five restaurants and three concepts, and we, you know, we just we just <clears throat> opened um, a chicken concept, and you know, it's it's you just don't know what the next idea is gonna bring or the next um, you know thing that you're gonna be doing, and so you've you've got to be flexible, you've got to be open to the next. You don't want to miss an opportunity that is gonna take you in a direction that, like you said, you never dreamed you'd go. Right. You know, Brian, one of the things I'm really intrigued about when I said earlier that you're building a community around your community, what you're doing for other coffee shop owners and other entrepreneurs, like, I'm sure you know this, but if you, just in case you don't, I'll just make sure to say it out loud. Like that's not normal. People don't normally look for ways to support, to support other entrepreneurs. I think what you're doing is amazing. And obviously, you know, they're paying you for what you're sending them, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking yeah. about is the relationship behind that transaction. Well, I'll, I'll even tell you, Bobby, and this, this is something that like kind of came to me. Um, I, it was a realization, you know, the, so we, we include a note, a handwritten note in every online sale. If that's a one bag of coffee, or if it's, um, you know, some of our wholesale accounts, well, um, I was down in uh, a small town, Eagle Butte, South Dakota, Kelsey K's Coffee Depot. Um, it's on the reservation in the middle of South Dakota, and she is killing it. She's got an incredible business, um, doing an incredible job. They're like some of the best espresso <laughs> that you've had is being pulled in the middle of the reservation in South Dakota. But um, I was down there for a training and... Uh, there was a, one of our notes tacked onto the wall where customers could see. And it just said, have a great week, you know? And, uh, and she's like, Oh, we save every card you get, wow. you know, that's like every week they're saving a card. And then um, another, another uh, customer told me the same thing. Like 
and we were having a difficult week because every entrepreneur has a difficult week, right? And uh, she took a picture of it and texted it to me and said like, thank you so much for the encouragement. We needed that. And all it was, was, I mean, we're just writing quick handwritten notes. We mean it, you know, but the support I think is, is uh, we, we've tripped onto something because um, man, I definitely know how hard it is. You know, I know where these guys are and, uh, and to, to be able to help uh, them in the pursuit of their dream. I mean, what an honor. It's incredibly powerful. Um, we talked about a couple episodes ago, Miles and I talked about this, where, you know, we hear from people in our past, in our past careers and, you know, places that we've worked and with the leaders that we've been, been honored enough to help develop over the years. And we, you know, we get occasional notes from them and, and there's nothing quite like it. And it all of a sudden changes everything. It's not about the coffee. It's not about the burrito. You know, it's not about anything. It's, it's, it's about you and it's about the relationship they have with you. And I, I think that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Well, that's really fantastic. So, you know, you're creating this incredible coffee. You're, you're, you're now providing it as a wholesale distributor. You know, you're doing all of these things, right. To, to, to help these entrepreneurs succeed in their communities. And, and it takes a lot of people to pull that together, right? This, this isn't just you, obviously. So you've got a team around you. Yeah. And, and, and you've got, you know, you sent us some incredible core values that you have as an organization. And, and, and I'm sure like everything else, these have evolved over time, but, but I would love it if you would walk us through those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, our team values. Um, we've got a few of them. And they can be boiled down into the two most important ones. <laughs> um, because, I mean, even our mission statement, we want our, our team, we have a monthly team meeting and uh, we get quizzed on the, on the mission statement. So if someone can say our mission statement, they're going to get some swag, you know. Um, but that's swag not is something. King, by the way, swag is king, by the way. Swag is amazing. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants swag and I love that, right? It's like, um, and I'm going to totally take this a totally different direction for a second. No, it's all so, good. Um, we're getting ready to start a new mobile app at Unforked. And one of the big conversations with, uh, you know, the team is we don't want it to always be about getting free food, right? Like we want to, the experience, we want people to experience things. We want people to have things. People love, people love swag. So I think that's so cool that you're doing that for your team. Cause I, I just think that's an amazing way because look in the early days, and I'm sure you experienced this, but, and I tell the story all the time here in Kansas city with Chipotle, like when we started, like when I started with Chipotle almost 20 years ago, like we didn't have a lot of money here in Kansas city. This was the first market outside of Denver. So we put everyone in t-shirt and everyone wore those t-shirts all over town. Like it's a big deal. Right. So when you think about the grassroots part of what we do as an entrepreneur, as a young company, and you know, you're just 10 years in, you're a young company too. I mean, all those things you do in terms of encouraging people to get the word out, sometimes it's by wearing a t-shirt, sometimes it's by wearing a hoodie or whatever, I, I think is really powerful. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, in my background of like, we're, we're now, it's not just me on my design program. I'm not good enough, <laughs> but we're hiring people um, who are way better than me. And it's, it's all about that brand and, and it's got to look good, right? We're, we're built to scale. And just like you said, we want, we want billboards everywhere. So the t-shirts are just awesome. But um, as far as our team values goes, um, we've got a few and, and boiling down to the two most important ones because we want our, we want our uh, employees to know at least this behind the bar. Like we want it to be quick. And, and those two is treat every customer as a celebrity and everything is going on Instagram. So treating every customer as a celebrity um, on our, our team values, which everyone gets an employee handbook and, and we have a page that's the team values. And, and underneath that, it says, if Josh Demel or Carson Wentz came in for a coffee, now you might think that those are uh, oddly specific and you're right because North Dakota has produced two celebrities <laughs> and it's Josh Demel and Carson Wentz. So uh, if they came in for a coffee, we would be sure that they would have a perfect experience, but truly everyone ought to be a celebrity. Everyone is a celebrity and certainly treated like one. And so um, I wanted our, 
our employees to know like everyone's a celebrity, everyone's a celebrity. And if that happens, that engagement is just going to go through the roof, you know? Um, and that's really important to me, especially because um, bad attitudes, things like that, that come in, we'll talk about that. Um, the second thing though, is that everything is going on Instagram. So assuming that every product that we place is, is going to be, uh, uh, um, there's going to, they're going to take a picture, they're going to tag us and they're going to post it. And so um, with that, it doesn't mean that um, every coffee has to have latte art, though we do train and we do uh, love it when we do like that kind of thing. But it just means, you know, there's not, not going to be any spills on the rims. We're not, we're not going to, you know, the place is always uh, looking good, that kind of thing. But those two guiding principles, like if, if at least that we have new employee, like that's great. That's a great start. Um, the other uh, team values that we have is always set the team up for success, right? That's, that's kind of common in restaurants, but if the, if the closer um, didn't prep stuff for the opener, then, you know, it's just kind of the system breaks down. Sure. Um, the next is you have the power to set someone's day. So bad attitudes are catchy and so are good attitudes. Um, if a customer is crabby, we're going to intentionally decide that bad attitudes stop at our counter. Um, and so that just means like, like just, just like it says, but I mean, uh, you know, if, if someone, uh, if someone kind of creates a road rage incident, you kind of want to carry that with you the rest of the day. And that's, that's going to spoil the pot. So, um, I don't love cynicism. I think the law of excitement is that excitement is catchy and everything. You can get people to do anything if you're excited enough, but one little drop of cynicism spoils the whole thing. So, um, I wanted to put that in there. And then um, the last thing is that for employees, Mighty Mo might not be the last stop, but it could be one of the best stops. So um, that's like us letting them know that, um, you know, if you're a barista for us, I'm not assuming that that's going to be the, the, the end all, um, be all like you're here for a career. But um, if you're in high school or something and you're here, we want this to be like something that you think back to and that you remember. And, um, and that all kind of comes down to if, if you're feeling frustrated about something, like there's a proper chain of command, there's a way to communicate. And we just want you to use that communication because, um, you know, from a business owner perspective, that's what it's all about. Like I started this so people could like have a better life. Right. So if employees are frustrated, then, I'm doing something wrong. I really love those values. And, and, and I just really love the last one. And, you know, I say this all the time is that <clears throat> when we hire someone, and I've been saying this for almost 20 years, you know, I know when we hire someone, when we hire anyone, I know not everyone's going to become a GM. They're not going to become a leader. I know that, but I want them to know they can. I want them yeah. to they have a place they can connect with us. And if that's what they choose to do, we can create those opportunities for them. So they may, everyone may not be a GM, but I want them to know that they can be. And, and I think that when you make it one of the best stops, right, it may not be the last stop, but it could be one of the best stops. Sometimes it ends up becoming their last stop because you've made it yeah. such a great place to be. So I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Miles, what do you got? You know, I just, I am reflecting on what you said, Brian, and, and what I love is that you take ownership of your team's experience and, and you're setting a vision. And so you know what you, we've talked about it a couple of times here is, is setting the vision for your team. Um, but if their experience isn't great, you, it feels like you own it and you take responsibility and you've done something wrong and you've let them down. And I think that um, is a, is the number one quality of leadership is uh, with your team is, is owning that experience. And what can you do better? It's not on them. It's, it's on you. And we've talked about that being able to look in the mirror and, and what have I done wrong or what have I not conveyed to the team? And, um, I mean, I think, uh, you know, based on what you hear with your, or what I hear with your, your vision, your mission, um, you know, and then your, your ownership of, everything that happens within your company. I think, I definitely think you've got a bright future and I'm very excited to, to see where you take 
the mighty Missouri Coffee Company. Uh, even though I will, I will admit, I was I was excited because I thought Missouri. Uh, you know, I got my Missouri gear on today. Um, yeah, so, that's right. And we get that a lot, but that's that's by design. That's by design. <laughs> yeah, Bobby and I were talking. I'm like, um, so I wonder what kind of feedback he gets in North Dakota about being the mighty Missouri Coffee Company. And he's like, well, the, the river's up there. And I was like, oh yeah. yeah. So so for us, I mean, it's it's almost funny, but. Um, Bismarck is kind of a water town. So in the summer, I mean, right now it's, it's literally snowing right now, but, um, of course it is. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's, it was nice out before this, but now it's like truly a North Dakota day, but, um, you know, in the summertime, it's a water town and everyone's on a pontoon and every sandbar is filled with people. And it's just, it's just fun. It's a cool experience. It really separates like Bismarck from other areas. And it's actually, um, we're really close to this, like the, the geographic center of North America. Like you cannot be more inland than, than we are right here. Um, and so just wanted to make it like, this is the, this is the heart of the Northern Plains, but this is like the heart of the heart of the, the um, uh, North America, the continent. And it's also like native peoples here before called it the heart of the world. And so we just like really playing into that, that um, we're gonna do something special here. Well, Brian, you are doing something. I mean, you're making a huge impact. You're making a huge difference. I'm so, I'm so proud of you and everything you're doing. And you did something uh, when you sent over your notes ahead of the call or ahead of the podcast that no, no one's ever done before on the podcast. And you sent over some recommended reading, which I thought was super brilliant. And I'd love for you to kind of talk about your choices that you sent over for folks to, yeah. and why you sent those over. Yeah. And that's actually in our employee handbook as well. Um, and, and, and that's because these were um, the three probably most, most formative books to me that pertain to this experience that pertain to this business. And so um, those three are a million miles in a thousand years by Don Miller. Uh, Start Something That Matters by Blake Mykoski and Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. So Million Miles in a Thousand Years, Donald Miller, he wrote Blue Like Jazz and yes. um, Million Miles in a Thousand Years is just, uh, that's one that I could read and reread. It's about the spirit of adventure. It's about living a good story. Um, and I love that. I mean, not that, that if you want to get to the heart of of my company, um, you would read Million Miles in a Thousand Years and you'd be like, oh, I kind of I kind of get what he's doing. <laughs> um, start Something That Matters by Blake Mykoski. He started Tom's Shoes. Um, he's he's a genius, I think. Um, I mean, you, you can criticize Tom's as much as you want, um, but uh, from every angle, from a marketing perspective, from a, from a like culture perspective, um, I mean, that, it, it's, it's an inspirational read and, and probably one of the, the books that most inspired me to start something and just like actually take the initiative and start, you know, you have to, that, that's, that's a tough thing. So, and um, well, just real quick on that, yeah. you know, with Blake Mykoski, like the thing I love about Blake is he was on vacation in Costa Rica and yes. he saw a problem. He saw a problem that needed to be solved. He saw kids running around without shoes, right? Like, so that's like, you know, that's kind of the entrepreneurial journey, right? You're trying to solve a problem sometimes that people don't even know they have, right? And so he came back and he did that. I just, I'm so inspired. I've heard him speak once, I think, and I've read, okay. I've read several things on him, but um, I actually have not read his book. So I will put that on my list uh, because I think that's really fantastic. But, you know, you see a problem that needs to be solved and, you know, you go solve it. Right, right. Um, and last is... Uh... Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. Um, that's like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really popular book. I was kind of slow to pick it up and uh, finally did. And when I did, I mean, every chapter, tears in my eyes because I have, that is my experience. That is the entrepreneurial journey. Um, it's all about grit. I mean, the whole book is a lesson in grit. And uh, it's like every next page is, an, is another problem. And it's like, when is this guy going to give up? And he doesn't, you know, he, he creates Nike. And uh, that, that book was so well written. It's just like that, that one is probably my favorite all time book um, just because of that story. But um, I, I included that specifically because, I mean, 
I didn't care about Nike before. <laughs> and now I'm like, I feel connected to Phil Knight, you know? And so it's like, I'm not going to wear Adidas. <laughs> like that would be a slight on Phil's hard work, you know? And, um, and, and, and so it's like, there's that personal connection and, um, it, it's intentional to put, to put that in and, and like bring people in to see like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a part of this mighty Missouri. I'm a part of this. I'm a, you know, um, it's a, it's hard work and I'm, I'm helping fight through these battles too. And, um, it's just maybe a lens into, I mean, you, you read shoe dog and if you're not an entrepreneur, go, go hug one, you know, because it's like, wow, that is that's nuts. So I think those are amazing choices. I, I, you know, you said something early on in the podcast, I want to talk about for just a second. I just want to throw something else out here for the listeners is maybe potentially something that they might want to read that I could add to your list if I may. Yeah. But you had mentioned that what you're doing with your company is really kind of that third wave of coffee, right? It's, 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 um, such a such an experience right but beyond the experience that you expect when you go get a starbucks it's not that experience we're talking about it's it's like how you parallel it with the wine tasting right and and just those nuances of you know coffee that you're exploring um which i love that and so that third wave of coffee that third wave of coffee got me thinking by got me thinking about a book by Dan Barber, who, who's one of my favorite thought leaders. He's a New York City restaurateur. He, he operates this amazing little, um, very little restaurant called Blue Hill in New York. Um, he wrote a book called The Third Plate, which is all about the future of food. And he was talking about this, you know, you, 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 you've got kind of the first plate was what we all grew up on, right? Meat and potatoes. That's, that's what we all consumed. It was kind of the American, kind of the American ideal of food, right? Right. Uh, he, then he talked about kind of the farm to table movement, which was a big, big deal over the last 20 years, right? But it, it, it's really um, not really changed the way people think about food, right? Or, or, or what they eat really, right? It, it's a cool way to do it, but it's not really accessible to everyone, right? Um, and then he talked about the third plate, which I love this, which is where good food and good farming intersect. It's, it's, it's where you can have a path for everyone to enjoy food. Um, it's like really daring people to imagine uh, a future for the natural cuisine, you know, cuisine that we eat that is not only sustainable, but it's also really delicious. So I just wanted to kind of just offer that up as, as a book that I really gravitated towards, especially growing up in Chipotle and, you know, learning about food and really understanding food and, 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 you know, ingredients and the quality of the ingredients that uh, we use. It just really made me think of what you're doing, Brian. I love it. I'm writing it down. That's, that's next on the list. So I think, uh, I think you'd really enjoy it. And, 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 and in fact, I'm going to go back and read that one, uh, as well as read, uh, start something that matters. So awesome. Awesome. Miles, what do you got to wrap us up? Just got a lot of, uh, I got a lot of great notes here. You know, um, Brian, it's been a great conversation. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to go out and search for my moment where I can get our shirt on a stage somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that is a, that is a shameless plug, Brian. We want swag and we want it. We want it said FedEx. No, I'm you got kidding. it. No, I no. can make that happen. <laughs> no, but, but, but I, I'm so glad you brought that up, Miles. Then I'll be quiet. I'll let you complete your thought. That is such a powerful story. And I didn't know that story. And I hear that and I'm like, oh my gosh, like overnight, overnight, that had to change so much for you. It did. I mean, I, I became then I, I was my own distributor uh, originally driving around. I mean, we have like all these towns that are really spread apart in North Dakota. Right. And I didn't know how to do it. I'd be standing alone in my, I'd be in line in my Ford escape behind all of these huge semis, just waiting with a small box of coffee. Right. Because I'm just hustling. <laughs> and uh, it changed everything though. It got me, it, it, it really propelled into something and um, I mean, that's, that's kind of the whole story, but man, what a, 
what a moment to me it's been a faith journey and uh and that is uh that is quite an answer to prayer for me to from the get-go but um yeah that's that's entrepreneurism right there well you, you never know when your moment's gonna come you know it's it you accepted the offer to to volunteer you, you chose to put that shirt on like like some of the dominoes fell as you as you approach this moment and it and it happened right if, if any of your choices had been different leading up to that moment it wouldn't have happened that way so you just you for me it's like you just never know and you've always got to be aware and, and like you said hustling and and you clearly are to, to, to make this thing come to life and and grow you're you're looking for your moments and you're you're taking advantage of the moments so uh, congratulations, uh, you know, on your success. And, and I wish you definitely uh, bigger and better things to come. Thanks very much. I, I appreciate it. it means a lot. And Brian, I would just add to that, that, you know, <clears throat> the thing I think about you that, that I really appreciate, I don't know if it's the most, but I appreciate so very much is that you, you have done this the right way. You have really built this with you know, the end in mind, not always maybe knowing what that end was going to look like. And you're not at the end now, but just like the future as things evolve and change, and you've just done an incredible job and, you know, your focus on culture and on people and on the community in which you operate um, clearly is resounding with people and really, really resonating with people. So just add my congratulations to what you're doing and, and we will be cheering you on. And, uh, yeah, if and when I find myself in North Dakota, you can certainly guarantee I'll be going to mighty Missouri. Sounds good. When, when there's, you know what? I said it's snowing today. It's not always snowing in North Dakota. It's a wonderful place to come visit. Uh, the, the first round is on me. <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds great. Well, I cannot thank you enough, Brian. Thank you so much. Uh, it was a really great conversation. Thank you. Thanks very much. My pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us on the Cutting Onions podcast today and our conversation with Brian Jackson. We hope you enjoy that conversation as much as we did. And Brian is certainly the real deal and epitomizes what it means to be an entrepreneur. And he's really built an incredible organization and we couldn't be more proud of what he's doing with Mighty Missouri Coffee Company. So if you enjoyed this conversation, please send us a note and let us know. And also please share this podcast on all of your social channels. If you found it valuable and helpful, we certainly want to get the word out as much as we can about the cutting onions podcast. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on an episode next week. Thank you.